Rodney Carter, thank you very much for talking to us here at Karma. Thank you for having us today. I was wondering if we could maybe get you to explain what the Judd Walden Nillen Business and Investor Initiative is um, in the most simplest of terms, if you could, what its achievements are so far and what its aims are into the future. Yeah, so the Judd Walden Nillen uh, as a document has a voice embedded in it that was born from uh, uh, a terribly significant event that takes place in, in country and um, it brings people together uh, um, that are really hurt but trying to be constructive and provide the solutions for the protection of our cultural heritage as First Nations people but to be and suggestive when you look at the document to, to the usefulness and benefit of you know, all Australians, all people across states and, and territories and, and um, across the statements that are described in the, the document, what you do see consistently is, is this thread of being practical and, and applying um, existing processes and challenging them for improvement. And I can speak more closely about Victoria where I'm uh, um, based and involved through the Victorian Aboriginal Heritage Council, it's challenged us to do a discussion paper, uh, um, not just on the good things of our current act and regulations, but where we believe there could be improvements. And then to go through consultative and engagement processes with community and industry and others to, to challenge each other on where we believe that the best changes can be made. So... I think the Jawara Nilam for all uh, states and territories, so broadly these jurisdictions, is something for them to have at the front of their mind and be using to improve their current uh, uh, legal structures. And I think, uh, as much as I've seen from a distance, the West Australian situation, in my mind, is reasonably sad where the minister just has such reasonably unfettered power and has consented to so many uh, uh, um, approvals around uh, knowingly destruction of sites. And that's where I think those types of uh, um, ways of treating cultural heritage are, are not helpful anymore. And, and, and as I said earlier, these things that we love and as treasures and we want all Australians to, you know, we want future generations to inherit them and be glad that we took this moment in time to protect things. Now, this is a, a what is called a landmark business and investor initiative um, for First Nations people as well as uh, those communities in the business and investor sector to strengthen heritage laws and standards. Can you maybe tell me how this initiative will enhance uh, those standards? Yeah, great question. I guess um, there's always improvements that we can make across so many ways that we view and value uh, um, the world and for us as First Nations people I guess our cultural heritage is just so important to us they're um, in a form treasures that are irreplaceable um, aside from our living culture and what we do in a sense day to day so when activities through all forms of development and uh, 
um, mining and, and other such activities across the broad landscape have a real risk to uh, be damaged, damaging cultural heritage. So the initiative is trying to bring together uh, this collective thought and approach to some standards around how we will value and treat. So the Yawura Nilan uh, um, itself, it's a strategic approach. It's saying, well, these are the principles around the vision for protection of cultural heritage. And then, of course, you need guidelines and structure around that. So the uh, discussions around investor-type toolkits and, and assistance to help that thought around what we should do is the next sensible step. Are you finding uh, business and financial sectors becoming more open to engaging with First Nations people in regards to to, to uphold, I suppose, human rights as well as ensuring that cultural artefacts remain yeah, in yeah. place? Definitely. You find through leadership there's this uh, immediate awareness now and if you give some faith to that awareness, our collaboration and partnership is then to help people to understand, well, how do you activate that and and do and, and ensure, say, if we've, we're describing values, how are they protected? But what's, what's unique in a, a type of corporate commercial world is the weight that the people as investors, shareholders that sit behind, they have a greater desire, we believe, through uh, what we've seen with recent... Uh, 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 negative activities in mining and whatnot. So, so you bring all of that together and you provide uh, uh, useful instruction and guidance. And that's, I think, principally what the initiative is all about. The challenge is going forward is to create that comfort and sensibility for jurisdictions and the government. So now they've got complementary uh, legislation, acts and regulations that make the whole thing, if if you can, a bit more harmonious. How will this initiative enhance economic independence for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in this country? Yeah, really good question. I think what it does, it affords us uh, another type of presence in the discussions around uh, activities. So if this is something that's largely to the benefit of a form of uh, uh, industry and, and capital type investments, investment, um, what you've got now is uh, a greater um, capability potentially than of those investors and in industry to understand the importance of the partnership and collaboration with First Nations people. So the more that we have things that try and interconnect but not overcomplicate, that, that is of a definite benefit. Now, this initiative is being launched uh, prior to the uh, Federal Joint Standing Commission, Committee on Northern Australia uh, prepares to release its report on its inquiry into the destruction of Jukin Gorge. The, the final report of the Jukin Gorge inquiry uh, is yeah. yet to be released. It's, it's to be released soon. But interim findings suggest it has the potential to set a new precedent for legal codes to align with ethical standards for First Nations land management. I was wanting to get your thoughts about those precedents and what those legal codes could be and what effect it might have for First Nations people. Yeah, another good question. I think the precedences are yet to be completely understood. 
what what is is more easily understood is how we've looked at the United Nations Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, and again through the Jawara Nilan uh, uh, analysis and communication of what are the principles that we need around for the protection of cultural heritage, they, they become now, I think, all of the ingredients to be able to apply to the regulatory-type frameworks that we would need and, and to embed values, which is then, then really uh, uh, a greater understanding and consciousness of the, the, the social need of, of mm. people and the, I guess, the beauty too of their presence uh, um, on country, on their countries, and to be involved more closely with industries. So it's not uh, always easily just uh, uh, an us and them, and, and partnerships can be realised. And the detail is still, I think, to be determined, but um, we've got all of the right ingredients now to work towards that um, if we choose to. You are the CEO of the Jajawurrung Clans Aboriginal Corporation. How would an initiative like this benefit your country and cultural artefacts seen on your lands? Yeah, so I'd like to think the leadership that we've been able to apply in central Victoria, we're um, a hard fought for, right? But, you know, we're, we're fortunate in having a recognition settlement agreement, which is an alternative regime to native title, but very similar. Uh, um, it adds greater weight and a degree of sophistication to probably, in a sense, some of the things we're already doing here. Uh, um, it, it definitely, I would think, when you point to uh, strategies like this and the initiative, uh, um, greater uh, weight around the, the approaches, the good approaches we're taking now and, and probably being more creative on how we can do uh, uh, things better. Sadly for my ancestors and older generations, Central Victoria uh, during the 1800s was, you know, the centre of the world because of gold exploration uh, uh, here. And for us as a people, a lot of the wealth we could have shared in has been taken uh, uh, from country. But going forward, um, you know, we, we uh, want to be actively involved in uh, um, X and, and mining's just one of them where we can share in, in the wealth where that's seen as being the right thing to do and then help our people and future generations that we invest actually in ourselves so that we have a more powerful contribution to the wider community. And, and they're all societal things that are, are, are brilliant if you're not always seen to be from a disadvantaged position. Well, with that, thank you very much for talking to us here in uh, Karma in, in Bantua, Alice Springs. Thanks a lot for the interest. Like, you know, you've you got to have a bit of faith in some of this stuff. And I think, uh, you know, um, creative thought is one thing, but when you can turn it into documents and hold people to account, you know, that that's really useful. So, you know, hopefully things get better for all of our mobs across the country.